0: Welcome listeners to The Extra Inch, my name's Windy and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend Bardy, hello Bardy, hello Windy, and our tactics guy and a man fresh back from holiday, Nathan A. Clark, hello Nathan. Double vaxxed and slightly less pale. Oh, you've got some sun. <laughs>
1: well, it, it uh, I'm not. I'm certainly not tanned, but I am not like the ghostly, painful white that I've been for the last year. The palest I've been in my life. Where like the underside of my arms are the same colour as the as the outside of my forearm. You know, that it's really, it's been, it's been weird. It's been weird. But now, now I'm I'm getting out again, which is why there's been there's been no content on the Patreon at all. Basically, this entire week because I've been going to the park.
0: <laughs> nice, just loading up on your vitamin D. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm making up for lost time, definitely on that. Good for you. Uh, boys, this is our 200th episode. Ooh, yeah. nicely done. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm quite surprised it's 200, to be honest. It, it's, I don't know, it's, it's raced by. Maybe, well, we weren't maybe sure the listeners when, would
2: say otherwise. <laughs> when we started, we weren't sure where we were going to go, and here we are, 200 episodes later. It's a bit like, um, I guess, Musa Sissoko ends up at Tottenham, <laughs> not sure where he's going <laughs> to go, is. and he ends up doing 200 appearances.
0: Do you know what, that's, that's actually a really good analogy And I feel like we've definitely changed direction So Sissoko was signed as a right winger Became a central midfielder We pitched ourselves originally as a sort of um, Supplement Yeah, a supplement to the, the fighting cock We were meant to be something that was timeless And standalone and, and not related to matches And as, it, as we've developed over time We've just become another football pod Another Spurs podcast, haven't we really? Mm-hmm. We just do the same things that everyone else does in a Except a with
2: um, and fancy graphics
0: yeah, absolutely. So, look, first, hey, if you like the pod, leave us a review. Leave us a review on iTunes, or even better, you can always support us uh, by subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the extra inch. It's good stuff on there. bit quiet this week because Nathan's been having a well-deserved break, but what that means, Nathan, is uh, there's stuff in the chamber waiting for you to get your grubby mitts on on top of.
1: I I began... I have a series of notes on the on the game that is completely now irrelevant because the Jersey <laughs> <laughs> game has changed everything. But but Bless you. we have a whole bunch of you've been recording podcasts, so I've got a whole lot of editing work piled up and that's I will race through that this week.
0: Nice, 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 nice. So there you go. If you are a patron you can look forward to some juicy content coming your way this week and if you were a nice young lady happily watching Spurs in Wren with your dad and some monster tried to convince you to sign up to our Patreon, um, drop us a DM, because we'd like to invite you to try out the Discord yourself and um, put to bed some of the rumours as to what it might be like. Thanks for that, Cole. Um, so the other thing I'm interested in, we've noticed a little boost in our listener numbers recently. We've got, from out of nowhere, Bardi, we've got about 2,000, 2,500 new listeners why would that be?
2: Because Spurs fans are optimistic bunch, and we were top of the league, and we were on. <laughs> were. We were, <laughs> so we were on course. With, everybody wanted to be part of the thirty-eight one nils, and uh, yeah, let's see if they stick around. Hopefully, they will stick around.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I'd absolutely love them to stick around and hello to new listeners i'm just absolutely baffled as to gone. where
1: they've we we've lost <laughs> them you, do you they, reckon they're they're um uh what's the, what's the word <laughs> they're like they're glory hunters they're they're, <clears throat> they're casuals they only they only tune in when we win
0: maybe no i think there's something more to it i think we're missing so i can't I've, I've been pondering it for a while i can't quite get my head around where these new listeners are coming from i, f- I thought maybe it's People coming up, from lockdown, going back to work, back on the commute, so they're they're listening again. But even so, we're still a solid number up on what our numbers were like pre-pandemic. So, listen, if you are a new listener, I'd love to I'd love to hear from you to say where you heard about us. Where did you hear about the Extra Inch podcast? Um, let us know via Twitter at the Extra Inch, or we've got a contact form on our website, theextrainch.co.uk, or you can email us at podcast at theextrainch.co.uk. Yeah, let us know where you found us. The other exciting bit of news is that we are now working in partnership with Marampa who is a fantastic football analyst and data visualization expert. She's put together a brilliant graphic um, showing past sequences, which we tweeted out and put on our Facebook I think it looks really sexy and it shows quite neatly the story of uh <laughs> supposed people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sexily shows how unsexy we are, right? But um, but
1: when there's when there's good things to visualise, yes. we will have we will have visualizations of, of, of the happier <laughs> moments and I'm Oh for sure. For, that.
0: for sure. This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship with Maram. She's uh, she's fantastic, really fantastic. And uh, yeah, very very happy to be working with her. Uh, Always happy to to support talented people like Marim, and it's because of the Patreon that we're able to do that. So, really, Maram should be thanking our ex subs. Um, Let's talk about. I mean, you can tell I've been putting it off, can't you? It's the longest intro we've ever done. You can tell I've been putting off talking about another 3 0 defeat. However, um, I'm actually not that down about it. I thought the first half was perhaps the best football we've seen under Nuno so far. In the context, Nathan, what did you think? I mean it's
1: hard to like come away from a, a Derby loss and like <laughs> and, mm. and, and try to like build some hype. Sure, <laughs> but it's sure. like but like um uh, the the sort of the takeaways from that game are like irrelevant for like or largely irrelevant from from like from that from like how to beat Chelsea, right? What what was good about that game t- returns nothing for us in that game. Um but basically like our problem this season, but also basically since Moussa Dembele began declining at the moment, he also finished peaking um, is is ball progression. Right. And and this was a really good game or a really good first half of ball progression. And um, I've watched maybe four and a half seasons of, of Nuno's football over the summer. And I don't think, and maybe there's like going to be like a Valencia casual fan or a, or a Wolves fan who is also a Spurs fan, and we, what about this game? But I think that is pretty much the best possession I've seen from a <laughs> side ever, and and that makes me. I'm still I'm still annoyed about the loss, obviously, but I'm I'm much more optimistic about um, solutions to problems on a more long term basis.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm feeling it too, um, Bardi. You had a slightly different experience. You were you were at the game. Um, it's always different when you're at the game, of course. Mm. And you, you left early. Yeah, I, I
2: did. I, I mean, can you guess what my what my first car was? Have a little. Let's have a little Bardi <laughs> quiz. Can you guess it's, what my first? It's car It's going to be Italian. Yeah.
0: It's going to be a Fiat. <laughs> yeah, it was. Is it a Fiat. going to be a Punto or a Cinquecento?
2: It was, I have a Cinquecento now, but it was a, it was a Punto. So I had this, I had this Fiat Punto, and it was, it was good. You know, I liked it. It got me around. It got me where I needed to go. But eventually, I upgraded, and I upgraded. I got myself a Twin Spark Alfa Romeo One Four Seven, and the first time I sat in it, it went like a clappers. It was. I was so happy with this car. It was brilliant, and it was fast, and it's kind of like a, how I felt seeing that Spurs team I was like this is brilliant this is great this is great and then one day I was on the M25 I'd maybe had the car a week I was on the M25 and when you come off there's this really nice bend that takes you onto the M40 towards London and if you know it you know it. and you come around this bend and then it just like the world opens up in front of you and there's (laughs) this long straight and you're like yeah now I'm gonna bury it (laughs) I buried the accelerator and then zoom round the outside of me went this Porsche, and it just blew me away. Of course, it did. It was bigger, faster, stronger. And that's kind of like what Spurs were on 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 the weekend. That we were really good. We were flat out at that first half, and we didn't even make a dent in Chelsea. They would, they just put their foot down in the second half, and it was just that's it. That's that's the difference between the clubs. They're just so much stronger and so much better than us. And it's that realization that. I kind of hoped that we would be able to do something, but even, I know it's early for the start in eleven. but even this early in the start in 11's lifetime, in this life cycle, it just, just wasn't enough there. And it kind of dawned on me that this is going to be a bit of a, a bit of a slog of a season, and probably a bigger slog than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And that's kind of why I got down about it, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Imagine having Golo Kante on the bench. Yeah. Imagine being able to bring on a player of that calibre. Um, I mean, I must admit, I looked at our team yesterday and I was mightily excited. I saw the team selection and I thought, OK, I did mm. not expect this team to to all be playing together. I really did not. I was expecting the worst. I thought Winks might play again. That's kind of how down I was on yeah. Nuno. On yeah. um, so I was thrilled when I saw the team selection. But then I looked at the bench and I was like, ah, yeah, OK, not a lot to change if we go behind. The attacking options are Brian Heel and and that was basically it. Dane Scarlett was there, but you know, is he going to even use Dane Scarlett against Chelsea? <sighs> yeah, so I I had some had some doubts. However, Nuno uh Nuno surprised us and surprised Chelsea with some tactical improvisation. Again, not expected. So what we saw in the first half was the standard 4-3-3, but with Harry Kane on the left and uh and Son Heung-min straight through the middle. Really, really fascinating. Um, Kane was sort of playing, as I saw it, the the role that Delhi played in the previous match, where he would come in and stop the ball into midfield. He'd kind of help help Son swarm Jorginho and stop the ball being played out from, from the back for Chelsea, which I thought was very effective. Um, And uh, I'm not going to say that it was a massive success having Kane out on the left, I don't think it necessarily was, but having Son through the middle meant we had some pressing ability. Uh, And generally, I think our shape surprised Chelsea and I think we did a pretty good job of making it work. But then they sprung their own surprise tactically at half time and withdrew Mason Mount, who's you know, one of their one of their best players probably at the moment, to be honest, Mason Mount. They took him off and they brought on Kante and they moved to a 3 5 2 where Kante was also asked to support the um forwards, Havertz and Lukaku, and because he's so supreme he could do that. And they, they, they regained control. But um I'm interested, Nathan, in what you thought to that idea of Kane starting from the left. So I wasn't sure. I, th- I, it,
1: it, it's kind of tempting to be like it's so the son would do his pressing work. But I think it was more about, um, the threat in behind, not generally, because I think the idea that Kane can't offer a threat in behind from set position is, is dramatically overstated, but the threat in behind immediately after the turnover. Yeah. Um, and yeah. stuff like that. And I also think that because we wanted to, um, we wanted to drop Hoibjerg in between the center backs and get Ndombele on the ball earlier. And we wanted to overload midfield with the fullbacks pushing high, and I think that essentially you don't really want you want to maintain the sort of the threat in behind centrally, and so you and you don't want Sun coming towards the ball. Kane's naturally going to come towards the ball anyway, so you move Kane wide mm. in that position. Then it's Kane and Lascelles who are who are overloaded midfield and getting those combinations going. Um, I thought I thought it was really impressive. I thought it worked really well. Uh, we we still didn't really quite turn it into chances, but I think we came. I think we came close to sort yes. of putting up promising attacks. And I think that you know there are <laughs> there are teams who are worse at defending than, than Chelsea right now. Um, and then in the second half, I I my suspicion and I tweeted it. Sort of my stream was behind, so it was half time for me, and the game was beginning for everyone else. <laughs> um, but like. My my feeling was that we were then going to shift um, mainly for sort of fatigue reasons, but also to frustrate Chelsea. We were going to shift to sort of playing a more kind of mid-block encounter like we did versus City in the second half and sort of give them a different problem to try to solve. And I think that that would really have matched well with, with Mount coming off of Kante um, because then you're inviting Kante further up the pitch. They have mm. one less sort of nominally attacking player in Mount and you can maybe try to. To get some counters off there, and then they just immediately scored from a corner, and it sort of threw the whole game out because then you can't play. And then they scored quickly after that as well, and the whole thing sort of fell to pieces. Um, and the last twenty minutes was just miserable. It was just we we mm. given up at that point, and we were tired, and we we tried to get back into it, and that only opened us up more. And it was it was I don't blame really anyone for for leaving early because by that point it was it was pretty unbearable to watch. I, yeah. I didn't pay a huge amount of attention to the last twenty minutes, if I'm honest with you. So. I don't know, I, I still think, you know, lot lots of promise there. Um I think the, the idea to sort of push them hard in the first half and then play more on the break in the second was was smart and I think especially if we had managed to nick a goal in the first half, that would um that would have made that idea much more viable. Um just a little unlucky and then that unluckiness sort of spirals into a situation where the, the, the quality and the time with their respective coaches is sort of better on show. But um there's no yeah, still still, still I I wasn't like when I saw that lineup I wasn't like optimistic about that game I was just optimistic that like the idea mm. of that lineup exists in Nuno's head and and I hopefully it still does and he did make comments afterwards about how good the first half was so I I do think that that we're going to be seeing that again in the future
2: There are, there was some, definitely some positives there I thought Romero looked good I thought he was good on the ball as well um I thought Emerson continues to look a pretty decent right back and yeah. I thought I thought Daya did okay um but the, the, there are concerns though. the the ability for chelsea just to release alonso even in that first half was was worrying he had he, he just walked past Lo Celso a lot and I, I do think question marks around Lo Celso. but then we always there's always a mitigating factor here that they were in croatia and everything else but uh, i at some point Excuses need to stop being made for Lacelso. And I I do think I am concerned about him. And Dombele was wonderful for 30 minutes. It was an incredible midfield performance. And he really put a shift in, but then it was just for 30 minutes. And once again, we're mitigating circumstances. But I, I am concerned about Lacelso. I just don't think he works wide. And I'm not sure if he works deep. And I don't know. I'm losing faith in him.
0: I thought Dombele was absolutely sensational. Really, just everything that um, I know he is, to be honest. Um, I, I find, uh, I don't know how to phrase this. I, I don't like any discourse about Ndombele anymore. <laughs> um, and I get it. Like people are unhappy with him because he wanted to leave. But I mean, if I were him, I would definitely want to leave. Why would you not want to leave? Of course you want to leave. He's had a terrible time at Spurs, terrible time at Spurs. Of course you want to get straight out of that club. And if you think you're good enough to play for an elite club, of course you want to go to an elite club. But, Whatever's happened, happens. We got him now, until January at least, and he's our best midfielder by a distance. He's one of our best players, and we need to enjoy him while we can, and I certainly enjoyed watching him yesterday. I thought he was sensational. I think people really underappreciate the good things he does and start focusing on the things he's less good at, and that is really, really wrong with a player of that quality. You have to focus on what he brings rather than um, any limitations, although I think, to be honest, the limitations are overstated too. And um, one thing I would say on the Celso body, um, Nathan hinted that we we came close to creating a couple of, of good chances. There were two moments that stand out for me. First is Regulon darting down the left in a really good position. and He doesn't quite get the pass right across goal to... I think it's lacelso actually. And the second one is a lovely pass from La Celso into Son's feet. Really nice, sort of, between the centre-backs into Son's path, beautifully weighted, and Son takes a slightly heavy touch. He just kind of gets away from him. And then, actually... Alonso reaches over and he grabs Son's shoulder. And if Son goes down, I think that's a penalty. I think he would have got a penalty for that. Um, but he tried to stay on his feet and um, Kepa came out quickly and kind of got got the ball with his feet and it just went down as uh, a mischance. We were so close. We were so close to getting the goal that our performance really deserved. However, completely agree with Bardi's point that Chelsea then just, you know, crank up the volume a little bit and... Um, and that's that but like Nathan says the first goal is a set piece very disappointing second goal is a heavily deflected kante shot not something you can do a great deal about um and then after that yeah sure spurs give up and it's um it's a bit of a mess but really annoying that we end up <laughs> conceding two goals that sort of it sort of feels slightly undeserved after all that effort in the first half i
2: don't um, know if this I, I don't know if you can say undeserved set pieces are a, a legitimate way to score a goal as is as it's taken a shot, which is something that that we didn't do.
0: Um, Gumnut, who is a loyal supporter of our podcast and someone who always posts up on Reddit, we really appreciate you. Gumnut, legend. Um, Gumnut says, Maybe it's too early, Windy, but I'd be interested in hearing if your thoughts on what's happening with Kane on the pitch are changing at all from the last pod. I thought Mm. him being subbed against Wren was odd. You could argue Nuno wanted to rest him for Chelsea, but after the Chelsea game, it seemed to me harder to ignore that something is just not working with him. The biggest of knee jerks. Does he just not work with how Nuno wants to play? It's a big problem. He can be so good. Um A bit. A bit is my answer. Um What I would say is that I think Kane... I still think we just need to work on getting the ball to Kane in and around the box. I think that's the absolute key. And against Chelsea, he sort of in some ways took one for the team and played behind Son and on the left primarily. So, you know, you wouldn't expect him to be in the box quite so much. I do... Like I wasn't keen on him playing against Wren at all. I thought taking him off was the right thing yeah. because he played all those games for England. He'd not really had a full preseason. Um Kane's injury record is a real problem at the best of times. What we don't want to do is push him to make something bad happen. Plus, you know, Kane notoriously always starts the season slowly. I, I think there's enough at the moment to sort of just go... He just came at the start of the season, and a new team that's not getting the ball in the box very much. But he was very sluggish against Chelsea. Yeah. I would say that. he's looked.
1: He's moved. He's moved like bad ankles, Harry. This season, mm-hmm. I think pretty much. Um, I do think that, like up until now, you can say that like he hasn't had the service at all. Um, and then we've had forty-five minutes where we have managed to get the ball into the final third, and okay, he isn't the target in 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 that particular run of games, but he's he's had you know he's had access to the ball. But then that's only a tiny sample to work with, like forty-five minutes. Why you know why it's scoring the forty-five minutes that we passed in the ball? <laughs> um, uh, so it's kind of it's definitely it's definitely early to sort of um, you know sign the paperwork. <laughs> that it's that it's over. <laughs> but uh it's 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 worrying for me the main worry is that like he he's just not he's going to take the entire season to build his fitness again Mm -hmm. and then we're going to sell him for less because he looks like less of a player (laughs) you know and that we we you know uh, we're going to have one extra not great season of him and 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 lose out on a lot of transfer budget as a result of that and but maybe him playing badly for a season scares City away, and then he, you know, has a good rest <laughs> finally, and then he plays, you know, another five years for us, and he's brilliant. So it's hard to sort of predict <laughs> where things are going to go. Um, but he definitely looks like, and to be playing like to be playing in midweek when he looks like he's playing with like ten stone boots is um is 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 a weird one, is a is a dodgy one.
0: Yeah, I didn't want well him playing in that game.
2: It's, um, it's very bizarre, this Kane situation, because, you know, there's two other strikers. There's, there's Blavich at Fiorentina, who was, who was meant to be sold. He was going to go somewhere, but Fiorentina managed to keep hold of him. And that's kind of inspired Fiorentina to start the season really well. You've got Inter that sold Hakimi, made a massive profit on Hakimi, uh, made a profit on Lukaku took their money and invested it in in alternate players and they've kind of hit the ground running. And there's, there's Tottenham who, who didn't do either, didn't really get the player to sign a new contract and get him to buy back into the club and didn't sell him and reinvest the money. And we are kind of stuck in this middling ground with a middling manager and just not much happening. I We should have sold Kane. We should have taken 120 million and just put the money back into the club and signed a couple of players that could have fixed this squad because... Kane keeps dropping deeper and deeper and he's doing it for England as well and will he ever be- will he ever go back towards the box is he ever going to become a penalty box striker <laughs> Kane? I don't know he doesn't-, he doesn't seem to want to go there um,
0: <laughs> maybe Nuno is like Harry if you want to keep dropping deep I'm just going to play you deep
2: yeah <laughs> just do that um, it's weird that we we missed Lucas and we missed Bergwijn we missed a bit of oomph about our our forward line Sonny was you know Son gives everything but you could see he wasn't quite right LaSeltzer wasn't quite right and yeah, it is a concern about Kane, this, 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 the way he's playing. I don't think he would ever throw the towel in and just tread water, but without an alternative to play, then, um, we're kind of stuck with him at the moment.
1: I'm not worried about him dropping deep, by the way. I think there's a hell of a lot of talk about that. Like, a team needs, um, the depth, or at least the threat of depth. And I think that yeah. as long as we're playing, you know, okay, maybe we're slightly limited in, in who can offer that depth. We have Son, who's been now injured. We have Deli, who's been playing deeper, but he can still offer that threat in behind. I, as, we, you don't need like okay, uh, Guardiola's Barcelona didn't suffer because Messi always wanted to come towards the play, right? Because they found a threat in behind through the the other players, and we can do the exact same thing. Yeah. and uh, Liverpool do the exact same thing. Firmino comes towards mm. the ball, Salah and Manny offer the threat in behind. Um. Uh, yes, I think it can be frustrating when it when you're failing and you're doing sort of odd and quirky tactical things. Like your centre forwards spends a lot of time outside of the box, but I don't think that I don't think that we're doing badly and our striker is doing non-traditional striker things <laughs> necessarily means that there's there's like a there's a causation there, right? Um, I he's played very well for us coming towards the ball and he's always done it at least to an extent um i don't like i can't picture moments where it's like ah oh, if only kane was in the box right now um that would have been a much more fruitful attack mm. i mean it happened if you think about like the the regulon sort of failed cross kane isn't there maybe he could be there for a cutback but like i i don't i don't generally you can pick out a couple of moments but i don't generally see an issue where it's like we need a presence in the box right now we need a threat in behind right now um I think he's he's offering more than he's taking away playing the way he plays. And I think that if we as a team are getting into the box, we, we, we won't mind so much who's there.
0: Absolutely. got a couple of questions now about LaCelso, um, Bardi's favourite subject. Um, I'll ask them both. They're slightly different questions, but I'll, I'll read them both out. So this is from Crohn's class. Who says, "Do you guys think it would have been better to swap Delhi and Lo Celso in the starting lineup today against Chelsea? There were a few times when Delhi picked up the ball deep in our half, but in transition, and just didn't have the ability to play those through balls or little lobs over the top on a consistent basis. Isn't that what Lo Celso is good at? And then Delhi would be the one on the end making the good runs and finishing." And Jake S says, When considering fee, impact, overall performance and skill set, or lack thereof, is it time to start talking about Giovanni Lo as our worst ever transfer? It's been three years, and if you ask ten people what position he plays, about <laughs> no. seven wouldn't be able to answer. Uh, yeah, a lot of people have
1: given up on Lo Um Has it been three years? We, we, we're into the third year. Mm-hmm. We're beginning the third year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing with with basically anyone we bought in the last few years is they spent the majority of the time playing under Mourinho. They played a bunch of they played a time where things were collapsing under Pochettino. They played eighteen months under Mourinho, um, which was its own you know whole thing, and they played a pre season and a couple of games under Nuno. So it's he's been here over two years, and yet it's kind of a bit early. <laughs> he he did have a good spell within there, sort of early on. Uh, under Mourinho, La Celso specifically, but it's just like, I, I kind of, I kind of just give everyone a clean slate. And if you say, okay, he hasn't been great this season, well, he's he's played, he played one game. Did he play before that? Did he play Europa League before that? No? Uh, yeah,
2: he played, he played in the qualifying for the Conference League, but oh, yeah. Prem, Premier League matches, I don't think he's, he's definitely not started, but maybe he's had a cameo here or he there.
1: So my feeling is that we have to we have to give everyone a clean slate going into this into this season. And I understand like le Celso and Ndombele uh and Bergfight, you know, arrive here with sort of a lot of excitement, a lot of expectation, but I think you just have to start anew for everyone.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think we also forget that in the in the Covid disrupted season, when it restarted, le Celso was our best player. He was fantastic. He was really, really impressive during that run. Um and, and that's where we want to get him back to That's the that's what the Lo Celso we want to see um regularly. And Bardi, what do you think about this idea of swapping La Celso and Delhi's roles in this in this team selection?
2: No, I quite like this Delhi. I thought he I thought he put in a great shift against Chelsea. I thought he even knocked the ball out wide, he was moving it quite nicely, he was making blocks. I, I, I do like this box to box deli and I don't think LaCelso gives us the, gives us that option. Um I, th- I I actually quite like this midfield three of Ndombele, Joyberg, and Deli, and then you can swap Nasello as a as a rotation option. I do think um, he. I just don't think he has the speed or the ability to play wide. I've never liked him wide, and that's kind of continued. I, I wish we'd had Lucas and Boban there against Chelsea.
0: It's interesting, though, isn't it? Because in that system, he's expected to come inside. He's um he's naturally going to come inside anyway because he's so left-footed, and then Emerson is, is there on the overlap. And we saw bits of that. We it seemed to me like the idea was lots of neat interplay over on the left and then quick switches out to Emerson on the right. And it didn't always work out that way, but against a, a lesser team perhaps there'll be more space for Emerson to run into and, and that might work out quite well with LaSalle sort of coming inside, Emerson then mm-hmm. playing one twos with him and getting getting him free on the on the um on the touchline. I think that could work. So I'm I'm kinda of willing just to stick with it and see what happens. I personally really like the so I think he's a good player. I think I I appreciate that people want goals and assists from players who have ability, but he's primarily played quite deep for us. So I just don't think you're gonna have got many goals or assists from him in that position. And as Nathan says, he's played under Jose Mourinho, who's uh who, who who got the absolute maximum amount of Son and Kane in terms of productivity, but not so much the rest of our squad.
2: I mean, I I do think like like Nathan alluded to that we're not going to be playing the champions of Europe every every week. One day we will we'll be yeah. lined up against um, I don't know against a, a Skoda or something. We'll be able to blow them out the water with our Alfa Romeo. So we'll be okay in that sense. But it did just show the kind of the gap between us. There's also a future pod title when when. Um, when Trutti has a big game we can call it Alpha Romero no, no, no. he was good thinking. he
0: he, uh, he looks he looks the part he settled in quickly did not deserve to be on the end of a 3-0 defeat same with Eric Dyer. I thought Dyer had a really strong game again less impressed with Regalon I must say in this one didn't think he had a, a great game very tentative uh, but I like the centre-backs very much
2: mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean I can't put Regalon on my list as well but at some point we will need to have a conversation about Regalon there's so many people we need to talk about. It's like a like a HR a, a, a brew dog. We've got so many people we need to talk to and sit down. Sit down with.
0: Uh, we'll go with this question next from John Mundy, who says, "I thought we played well in the first half yesterday, and there's no disgrace in losing to a team of Chelsea's quality. But the manner of the defeat was alarming." Question for the pod: Was the most alarming aspect Nuno's failure to respond quickly enough? Tuchel identified the issues and resolved them at halftime regardless of the quality available nuno seemed to wait for the game to be lost before reacting himself and i do think there's something in that i i kind of saw this at so my theory was we 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 upset chelsea a little bit because our player matchups weren't what they expected. We were doing things that they weren't, we were kind of matching up to players they weren't expecting to happen and it took some time for them to adjust and work out whose who's man is whose. And then they basically did the same to us again. They brought on Kante as suddenly there's an extra body in midfield who's also exceptionally good at breaking forward. Whose man's that? Is it Deli? Because he kept popping up behind Deli and, and that space behind Deli time and time again. Um, and that threw us. So, you know, when I, when I spoke earlier about being a bit unfortunate with the, the set-piece goal and then the deflected shot I mean, it's fair to say that Chelsea had taken control of the game already, certainly in terms of possession, if not chances. Um, And I think that was because of Tuchel's tactical adjustment that Spurs, I would agree, didn't uh, react to. Nathan, are you you worried at all about that? The fact that Nuno was a bit slow to react? What what would you have done?
1: Uh, Um... Not conceded from the corner. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, historically, he's been someone who like starts slower in the first half, reacts at half times, makes yeah. changes. Yeah. Um. So, uh <sighs> No, I. I don't think I am. I don't think I am worried about that for now. It's something to keep an eye on, but um, I don't think I'm worried about that at the moment. It's easy to say, look, oh, look, it was obvious that the game was going the wrong way for us. He should have made changes,
0: but like, I don't know. I can't think of like what we could have done. He was so limited with the players available too. Yeah. Um, Bardi, Kino says, with Ndombele seeming to be back in the fold, do you think that trio will be our midfield going forward? Do you think you saw enough to convince us, Nuno, whoever needs to be convinced that that midfield is, is workable for the foreseeable?
2: I think so. I think it's got a bit of everything. It's got some intelligence and some... Some counter pressing ability. it got. It can p- pick a pass. It's got legs. It's got a bit of defensive solidity. I think you could. You could take that midfielder and then swap it for um for Skip, the Celso, and do we have another centre midfielder? So that's the
0: issue, isn't it? Is there yeah. So we don't the, have the uh, backup well. for Delhi.
2: Yeah. Well, I. Winks. I, yeah. oh, okay. Well, there you go. For the Conference League against against the, some of the random teams we're playing, you could you could play Winks, Skip, and the Celso, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think I'd rather see Niall John get a few games at this point But uh, but Winx has got to get some games, I suppose um, Let's talk some Europa Conference mm-hmm. League Because we played Red in midweek um, First thing, actually, I th- this was really interesting So Anthony Kennedy got in touch about the fact that it was a zero-carbon game um, Carbon-neutral game Is that how they phrased it? I forget They made a big song and mm-hmm. dance about it And let me just read you what Anthony said Because it was interesting very good that we are having a zero carbon game, but Spurs, as with all elite sporting institutions, can't just think that promotion of carbon neutrality is sufficient. Promotion and action must go hand in hand. Therefore, flying the players to Wren and back when there's a perfectly good train network looks mm-hmm. odd as, uh, when set against a carbon neutral objective. Obviously, the club must consider player recuperation, etc., but we wouldn't likely be training on Friday anyway. Plus, um, the training on Saturday was delayed to let the South American trio train. All in all, good intentions to have been allied with. Um, and, Sp- and Spurs, like all elite sporting institutions, still have a long way to go on this. And I thought that was a very interesting point, And I would add in all the fans travelling there by plane as well. I mean, football clubs need to sort of create opportunities for fans to travel in in more environmentally friendly ways, also uh, I think, like Anthony says, it's a perfectly good train network there. Make that attractive for fans, and suddenly you really are giving back. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a nice thing for Spurs to do. It's a good thing for Spurs. It's a step in the right direction. No, I think it's bollocks. Do you? You think it's just pure PR?
1: Yeah, of course it's, it's. It's nothing more than that. Like what? Like you. <laughs> In the future, we will look back on it as a spit and things like this on a spit in the face of the future because sure. it's like, look at us showing that we could have done things better <laughs> and then next week returning to not doing it. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, how many fans drove to that game? What about all of the, the foods that was produced? What about all of the cups that produced all of that kind of stuff? Every all of the thousands and thousands of thousands of facets, you know, how was the stadium made? <laughs> all of those kind of things, those don't add up to zero net carbon, do they? And it's like, yeah, we we could take the trains to places that are flying, and any club could take the could take trains to various places that are flying, and then you are a, a, a like you said a recoupiation deficit to a team who have who have opted to fly. You know, it's just the 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 there's like a sense with this that it's like, oh look we could do things in a in a low carbon way and why don't you when you go home why don't you do things yeah. in a low carbon yeah. way and it feels like it's it's like it's like it's trying it's pretending that it is it is trying to persuade individuals to simply choose to live more carbon efficient lives and it's bollocks because that just isn't the reality of the society that we've built and so to to Like we said, like I've said before on this podcast, it's like it's it's not as simple as just like making specific changes within football. It it would require a total restructuring of the way that we do everything across the world. You, we can't and 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 it's nonsense anyway because again there are all of these pre-existing facets that have created the the existence of that game at all that are not zero net carbon. So I think it's nonsense.
2: And uh, I I I like the fact that it's put out there and people can be made aware of it and they should be thinking about it but don't forget to buy your football kit don't forget the training gear don't forget <laughs> yeah. this don't forget all the fast fashion that's attached to Tottenham Hotspur here's a third kit that do we need a third kit when us with our Every away year. kit is so jazzy just don't just don't make one or how about we just don't have a new kit this year just replace and reuse the kits Um you can you can they, they slap this big green label on it but they're not that sustainable <laughs> it's, it's it's a lot of PR But it is good that some people are being made aware of it and kids will think about, oh, what does that mean? Dad, mum. And then they, they go home and make a choice. And, but that choice that sometimes me and my wife, we, we recycle everything. We try and buy stuff secondhand and everything else. But then. You know, that's just a drop in the ocean. You walk out into
1: the park and there's shit everywhere. And it's just it like, literally gets dropped in the ocean. Yeah. It goes into, a, you know, <laughs> you put you 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 take your plastics out your general waste and you wash it up and you make sure that you haven't got soft plastics and there are only hard plastics and you put it in a recycling thing and then it is flown to a giant tip in Malaysia. Yeah, It's like, it, it's all nonsense. The idea that we can just personally, individually choose to, to do things better is a total misnomer. And yeah, there'll be kids who have gone to that game and, and they've they become inquisitive, they've Become interested on this topic, but it's like our generation, your generation is was the first generation of kids like that who started to to grow up, and and it's the same for me. It's with around this messaging. It's been it's been going on since the early nineties. I've been watching um, Friends recently, and there's like stuff in there where they talk about like the environment. They they there's some environment conscious stuff, and it's like it's an early nineties TV program, and it's thirty mm-hmm. years later, and we're worse. It's just like right. the, you can make as many. kids as you want but but it, the the society we've created the the industry that we use globally will, will always completely overrun anything else any individual effort
2: I, I don't forget the super league man they were going to play these games yeah. weekly what they going to, they're yeah. gonna yeah. they're gonna walk they're gonna walk to Turin to play you come on yeah I, i'd like to, I'd, I'd honestly like spurs to make a big stand and just do just do one thing with their kit just make their kit out of Plastic bottles or pint glasses that are thrown in the wrong bin at the stadium. Because I'm telling you, I I have a few bits I don't know what glass goes in which glass. I can't even see straight. And I'm putting them anywhere. It's uh, yeah. God, Tottenham, do something. Stand up and do something deep, and then then we can all get behind it.
0: I mean, it does feel like it would be very possible for. The elite football clubs to genuinely do st- something that would make a difference as well. Mm-hmm. Football's a game of filled with excess, isn't it? There's just so much yeah. money sloshing around that is not needed, really. I mean, it's, it's extracted by those who least need it. In fact, um, so let's see some of that put back in. Let's see. Let's see it taken seriously. But I, I mean, I sort of slightly disagree with Nathan's message in one sense because I do think it is good that, like body said, it's a statement. It's like it, it does educate, but. Also agree with Nathan that It's not about the individuals It's about the corporations and governments um, But maybe one of those kids will Maybe one of your children will see That message that Spurs have put out And uh, glued themselves to the M25 tomorrow
2: <laughs> <laughs> <would be> cool. <laughs> <laughs> Now no, I don't drive to work That would be pretty good I, 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 do, I do chuckle when I saw the M25 get shut But had I been in my car burning petrol On my way to work I would have been
0: Um So on to the Ren match itself uh, okay, it was, yeah. I was not impressed with the Ren match, basically. I was not impressed at all with, with Nuno's decisions throughout the Ren match. Uh, when Bergwein went off injured, I I thought bringing on Hewbjerg was... Uh, I mean, I thought it was stupid from a sort of managing Hewbjerg's minutes perspective. But also the message it sent, that he would bring on a sort of very... Cloggy defensive midfielder for a winger and and shift things around. I, I hated when he's got Markandey on the bench. He's absolutely playing out his skin in the PL two. Like, I don't know what Candy can do more to get some minutes for Spurs. And this is a match where it doesn't really matter because we've got plenty of other Europa Conference League group matches to turn this around, regardless of whether we win, lose or draw. I thought that was a funny one, but worse than that, Emerson as a right winger. I mean, for God's sake, what what was that about, Nathan? uh well it was about lack of attacking options
1: apart from academy and i'll take your word for it that 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 um we could have gone that way but otherwise a lack of lack of attacking options and injuries adding up i think like if you so, and someone made the point as well in in reply to me but i very much agree that it's like if we'd begun the game having to play those two players, then Emerson would have played deeper and Doherty would have played higher yeah. as sort of the, the crossing player, but, but because Nuno rates continuity, because Emerson has come onto the pitch, he wants to keep Doherty, the sort of more attacking player deeper and, and Emerson, the more defensive player higher up the pitch. And I think that Doherty as well is like, because he's rare amongst fullbacks in that he will attack in narrowly and become a target in the box. That would have, that would have sued him well there as well. But, um, I, know. I think I think it, I do have some sympathy. I think injuries kind of kind of forced Neil's hand a bit in that match. It was interesting. I watched that match, and it's like, well, I watched the. I came home from holiday, and I watched the second half, and I went back and watched the first half. And um, Eric Bloomquist, who we've had on the on the book as well, made the point that is um, that and started as the the deeper number eight, mm-hmm. and. Uh, then because of injuries, was moved forward into the sort of the, the deli kind of role. And we, we, so for the first half now, we were moving the ball fairly well, getting the ball into the final thirds with Ndombele deeper. Uh, Ndombele gets moved forward. We, uh, Hojbjerg comes on. We can't get the ball forward anymore. In the second half, we managed to sort of push the opposition harder and, 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 and station ourselves in the opposition half. And that means that there's less distance to find and Ndombe. Ndombele is coming deeper. We play with a more symmetrical midfield three and, and Dombley's affecting that play that way and then he goes off um, sort of 20 minutes before the end of the game and then we stop putting attacks together then so I watched that game and I thought we need to find a way like even more than we were doing in the first half now we need to find a way to get Dombley on the ball earlier like, so I wonder if you can play him as a six in possession I wonder if hmm. you can do a sort of rotational thing where, where in possession Javier pushes up and Dombley comes towards the play and out of possession um, they switch back around would they be vulnerable within that that switch is, is that viable? How does that work? Does a still slow things down if he's higher up the bit? And then what we saw at the weekend was Hoybier dropping in, becoming a third center back, and, and Dombley dropping deeper that way, which kind of is, a, is the other answer that didn't occur to me. So I, I found that interesting.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? We just lost Barty. He's having some technical issues, so we'll finish off without him. Um, Nathan, the other thing to say about the Ren match, um, I, th- I thought the opening was okay, actually, and it's probably exactly what Eric said in Dombele being in that slightly deeper position and Brian Heal playing this more deli role. I liked him there. I, I still quite like him in the Europa Conference League playing there. Um, one thing I would say, though, Matt Doherty put in one of the worst performances I've seen him put in for Spurs, and that says something because he's put in some pretty bad performances.
1: Uh, I am increasingly finding the sense that that we are there is a player and a coach being reunited who did not want to be reunited. Who, Absolutely. Who Nuno was like, you know, there's this 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 wing back who kind of does like one interesting thing in an attack but is limiting to me otherwise and this club are coming in and they want to put an offer in so i i I hope they take that i really want to trade doherty out and bring in someone new and then he's followed doherty to his next club and um yeah i don't know i mean i i kind of i warmed myself up when we looked at doherty um to him because i thought he was i thought he was decent defensively and i found the the, the way he made himself a box threat is sort of an interesting, quirky thing. But we've, through two managers now, <laughs> even his old one who used him in that way, we haven't seen that. I think mainly because mm-hmm. we haven't played with the back three. Um, so we haven't seen his attacking upside. His we, I remember the two of us, we watched his crosses together and they were just. Just not very good. In yeah, he was closer. so bad against Ren that they, that Ren accidentally put the fucking ball <laughs> into the back of the net. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, through to, to Havia, you know, so it's like. <laughs> um, I don't know. He's just not a great play. He just wasn't a great, wasn't a great transfer. I I do think that, like I thought, he I I wasn't expecting him to be as bad defensively as he's been. I thought he was, thought he was quite defensively aware from looking at his clips of wolves. Um, I think perhaps he would need like regular, consistent game time, yeah, along with sure. with with players he's familiar with, blah blah blah, blah etc. And he's just his third choice. Right back, you know, he's just not—he's just not going to get that. So, um, yeah, I think we have to, we, unless we're going to start like you know, unless we start bringing him on the last twenty minutes of games as a swap for whoever our right back is so that we can use him as like a box threat from that position unless we start using him in a specialist way because he's a specialist player then he's a misfit He was he's only ever been a misfit for what his skills are the whole time that we've had him mm-hmm. and so um, I think either we're going to if either we need to start using him in a specialist way and we have a, have a manager who's used him in that way before or we just need to cut our losses and move on from Doherty because
0: um, yeah a weird one Absolutely sell him in January for his good and ours because if we don't do that, we will end up releasing him like we did with Serge Aurier. We'll end up getting nothing for him and having paid his wages that whole time. I I mean I'd be interested to see him go to a different club that does play a back three. Like maybe maybe he goes to Brighton and Graham Potter works with him and gets something out of him as a right back in a back three. Maybe that's something that could work, but it's been a disaster for him, I suppose. It's, it's I mean, do not they? Yeah, they're they're not bad. They're all right. Not bad. I'm 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 shocked that Graham Potter's is doing a, a good job again. Really shocked at that. Um, <laughs> when We were talking earlier about worst signings of all time for Spurs. I think sure. Dotti, based on performances, is absolutely up there.
1: Uh, he hasn't like. He hasn't single-handedly cost us multiple games, and we have players who've done that. So he's just he's disappointing, Uh, but he's not like he's. I don't think he's catastrophic.
0: Vlad Kiragesh or Federico Fazio level, or Kevin Scott, who was abysmal in the nineties. I'll take a
1: word for that. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Uh, Nathan. Let's end with this one from Paul Maslin, who's a a regular um, uh, correspondent. I should say. So Paul says, name me one player other than Kane or Son that would start for any of the four teams slated to finish ahead of us this year, Liverpool, Chelsea, and the two Manchester clubs. One player. Luis is the only possible answer I can come up with perhaps versus De Gea and or Mendy, but a counter argument could be made against him. Um, And this is something I've been sort of corresponding with Paul about for a while that I said that I think we could be a a top four team. Sure. Um, uh, Paul vehemently disagrees. He thinks our squad is just is just not good enough to be top four because all of the top four squads are significantly better than ours. Um, I've got some thoughts, but I'm interested to hear yours first. Uh, United would definitely
1: benefit from Hoibier, Uh mm-hmm. and Domblay would uh, tear it up for Man City. And I'm sure. Oh my god! That, can you imagine that, that? Like that exists in Pep's mind as an option at some point and has done before. Um trying to think what do
0: i think he'll be able to do a job for liverpool as well in
1: there yeah pressing midfield romero at liverpool would be really interesting supporting their pressure yeah yeah Uh, um lorice to all four clubs i think uh mm, no 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 not to liverpool city but to but to but the others definitely
0: maybe maybe liverpool i'm not that so i think allison's a little overrated, but Emerson, um, Edison, rather, is so perfect the city style that yeah. I don't think Larisse would
1: would replace him. Okay. Um, who else have we got? A deli for Liverpool would be really good. Box to box mm. and then a goal threat, definitely. <laughs> I mean, there's a few, basically. Vogue finds a squad player for any club in the world because he's useful and versatile.
0: I think Regulon plays some left back for City and Knight, of course.
1: Yeah, I think Regulon's going for a weird, bad spell where he keeps being like the death of attacks in a way that he never has been in his career before. Um so he doesn't look great right now and he also ended last season a little funny defensively, but then everyone ended last season defensively funny. Um but I think Regulon is is literally one of the best left backs in the world, so um uh <laughs> so he gets into most teams.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean I do I sort of see what Paul's getting at, and I, I take the point that if you're picking an eleven, then it might be that you'd only find a space for, for three of our players in in most of those teams maybe two in some of them but football doesn't quite work like that and you don't always have your best players at your disposal as as we've seen lots over the last couple of years and also i do think having the best striker in the league elevates us as a team like potentially elevates us as a team if we play the right football that, that that allows that to elevate us. And this is um, a conversation I was having with Bardi, and I wish he was here. I wish he hadn't had to drop out because we had a conversation on WhatsApp this week in in the Fighting Cock WhatsApp group. And Bardi was getting frustrated with people overrating our team as well in in a similar way to what Paul's doing here, here, kind of finding it annoying that people are saying we're good enough for top four. And my point was, you're judging the players based on what they are now rather than what they could be after good coaching. And when I say good coaching, I mean... Good tactical coaching, kind of what you talked about earlier. You know, if Kane's dropping deep, who's making the runs in behind? Yeah. But also good one-on-one coaching, which actually leads to player improvement. Because what we've what we've seen over the last few years is essentially none of our players have improved. We've seen our players have just been static. And if you think back to Mauricio Pochettino's time, we saw absolutely extraordinary growth in four, five, maybe six players. Um, I mean, Moussa Dembele is the obvious one. Obviously, he always had talent, but no one quite harnessed it. And suddenly he's one of the best midfielders in the world. The fullbacks, Danny Rose, Kyle Walker, were, were promising fullbacks. I mean, Rose wasn't even a promising fullback at one point. Rose was a reject. He was about to go uh, and became one of the best attacking left backs in the Premier League. So I, I think you have to sort of leave yourself open to the fact that players can improve too and, and aren't just... They're not just what they are now, they have enormous potential for growth, for improvement. And someone like Delhi is a prime example. People say I don't think we'll ever see Delhi be what he was again. And I'm like, why? Why don't you think that? He's he's definitely capable of it. He's capable of more. He's he's improved as a as a um, more experienced player in, in other ways. So why can't we add back in those elements he used to have by getting him back in that position? Yeah. Exactly. Put him back in that position and, and re coach him again into what you know, showing videos of what he was doing all that time all those times, making those runs. I don't think he's lost that overnight. I think it's just the case of having the right environment and the right team shape and the right tactics. Um so that's that's kind of my argument. I, I think there's so much potential there at Spurs for another run at top four, but I think we do need the right manager at the helm. And I despite the first half against Chelsea, I'm not convinced Nuno is it. You've been listening to The Extra Inch. Thanks to Nathan A. Clark for production. Thanks to Bardi for being Italian. Thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork. Thanks to David Lindmer for our intro music. You can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and his SoundCloud, DLindmer. Do check him out, he's great. Great, great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help.